Welcome to the Yal Mega Podcast, where we delve into the inspiring stories of entrepreneurs, motivational coaches, and business leaders. Join us as we hear about their journey to success and the challenges they face along the way. We'll uncover their secrets to perseverance and determination and gain valuable insights into what it takes to reach your goals. The journey may not be beautiful, but it is always purposeful. So sit back, relax, and be ready to be inspired by those who have dared to dream big and make it a reality. Wepa! What's up, mi gente? Welcome to a brand new Al Mega Podcast. Yep. Today we have an amazing, amazing guest. The man here is a frequent speaker and interviewee on technical issues impacting leading edge techniques for addressing the existential threat of climate change and deterioration. He's also the co-founder of Team Lichen. I hope I said that right. We'll find out. <laughs> a leading competitor in the XPRIZE for carbon removal sponsored by the Musk Foundation. His motto is, let's not just survive, let's thrive. And I agree 100%. The one, the only, the man with the PhD, Mr. Steve McDaniel. How are you? <laughs> well, Al, I, I quit polishing that apple, the PhD one, a long, long time ago. But thank you for <laughs> mentioning it. And But don't call me doctor because I'm the wrong kind of doctor. Okay. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> All right. But yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I look forward to talking with you and your and your your um, uh, listeners. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on, Steve, and sharing in this knowledge of yours of a very important important uh, threat to all of humanity and Earth. Of course, you know with, with this global warming, and, and hopefully there are things that we could do to reverse that. And I'm going to dig into those questions momentarily. But first and foremost, Steve, I always love to know. What is your origin story? Where are you originally from? And where was your passion born? Well, that's a good question, but it was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I grew up on ranches and farms out in the oil fields of deep west Texas. In fact, my uncle was sheriff in Big Bend for 25 years. So oh, I, come wow. from, I come from a ranching and, and a farming background. Um, I knew really early on that breaking horses and herding cows around wasn't going to be my cup of tea. Uh, and, and I just had a penchant for science. Uh, science has always been something that just I can't get enough of. I, I read about it. I do it. I do all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I knew that early on. Uh, so when I began to, uh, school, I would take every science course I could. And my goal was to become an astronaut. All right. Okay. And um, that uh, is in a weird way has transpired. And I, I'm not an astronaut, by the way, but I've gotten to do a lot of work in the space sciences area. Um, and cool. so, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been fun. That's what that's what happened. I just so, love science, man. So, so when you say you love science, what, what was it that first piqued your interest in science? Was there a particular event that, 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 that got you into the scientific journey in your life? Yeah, actually, there was not maybe one event, but a series of events, and that is my PhD is in molecular biology and biochemistry. Um, and so I've always had, a, and I not, even though I like physics and chemistry and all those kinds of things, uh, biology has been where I've looked at it. And I, I can remember as a kid, uh, you know, say, tearing apart a, a corn seed. 
and saying, how does this work? I, I don't get it. I mean, how you, how do I get a, how do I get a corn seed? <laughs> you just killing me. You tore apart a corn seed. It's like, it's like me tearing up a VCR. That's what I used to tear up. Okay. Like, how does this work? That, but you're doing that, corn seed. You're going on way another level. My gosh. <laughs> well, listen, you know this, Al, do you? Um, that all biologists, all we really want to do is become chemists. Uh, and chemists really want to become physicists. Physicists want to become mathematicians, and all the mathematicians want to become is God. So <laughs> I'm I'm on the dot bottom of that chain of feeding lists. Gotcha. You're on the seventh level right now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So, all right. So t talk about that you get educated then. So here you are. You're this, this, this kid from ranches, farming background and all, getting into the science. You know, what was that education journey like for you? Was it accessible? Was it easy during that time to get into your field? Um, you know, my uh, my my back my my where I came from very uh, humble. Um, my folks didn't have a lot of money, um, and so um, we uh, I had to work all the way through school. Uh, but they, for whatever reason, they keep giving me just enough money and just enough scholarships to just keep me going and going and going. And so after I got my bachelor's degree in, in biology, I went to get a master's degree in genetics. And then I went on to get a Ph.D. in biochemistry and molecular biology. And then I went on to get a law degree. In between that, I worked in various uh, scientific uh, endeavors and various law endeavors. And in, not, in 2002, uh -huh. I was sitting in my law office. Uh, this was uh, 2001. Uh, well, I guess it was 2001. Um, and uh, this was right after 911. Mm -hmm. uh, and in getting my PhD, I had worked on enzymes that will decontaminate chemical weapons. And uh, so I got attacked basically by a bunch of newspaper reporters asking me, how can we prevent, you know, chemical weapons from being used? Because everybody was scared to death of terrorism. Oh, wow. Um, and I said, well, I, I you know, I, I'm not sure. I mean, this enzyme's an enzyme. I'm not sure how to do that. But, but uh, I guess if you could put it on a surface and that surface would remain active, then you can decontaminate uh, these, these chemical weapons because really what they are are not gases. They're liquid droplets. Okay, mm. they will. Okay. So um, that went out across five, six, seven state region, and I got a call one day from a good friend of mine named Charlie Van Story. I had gotten drunk with Charlie fan story so many times I can't count them. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, Charlie said, McDaniel, I just saw you on TV. Is what you said. It's, I mean, is that for real? I mean, really, can you build a paint like this? I said, I don't know, Charlie. He said, was it bullshit? Uh, mainly. I said, yeah, probably pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he said, well, if I collect this money together, uh, would you start a company for me and, uh, and see if you can do it? And for, I can't tell you, Al, I can't tell you why I said yes, but for whatever reason, I said yes. Yes. Hey, listen, I, that, that, that's the secret of business is what, yeah. just say yes and figure it out. <laughs> you know? Right. I love yeah. that story. Oh my God. So you just jumped. I am bullshitting. Can you do it? Why not? I don't Let's know. <laughs> I'll do I don't it. Know. Let's go. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Wow. And, and how did you even come up with that type of idea? begin with well paint. that you know that's 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 a good question and um i have a if i have any kind of a talent at all um uh, that talent is looking into nature and understanding how nature does things 
And once I know how nature does things, then sometimes I can replicate it. For instance, if there was an enzyme in nature uh, that broke down fats, greases, and oils, if I took that enzyme out of the plant or the bacterium and I isolated it and I put it into a coating, a paint or a coating, and it remained active after that, well, then I've taken this functionality out of nature and placed it in a coating. Ooh. And you might and you might think, well, that's so what does that do? Well, it degreases things like your, your cell phone screen. Uh, you know, it, it gets rid of greases and spots and things like that. And, it, and we have it. It's called degrease in my, in my company here, Reactive. Um, and uh, so then I, I would ask you and I would ask your uh, listeners, look around you wherever you are. Look at look at all this. Look at the ceiling, the floors, the table, the chairs, your clothing, your eyeglasses. There's none of those surfaces that aren't coated at some point in their manufacturing process. You're absolutely right, because wood doesn't naturally gleam like this. <laughs> nope. It's coated. And yeah. so uh, if you can take advantage of that surface area, that vast amount of surface area with a functional coating, well, then you have something, you know? Interesting. But how do you figure out to keep the uh, enzyme active, if you will, within now that could you introduce now other chemicals when you're creating this? So how do you figure, you're a genius, but I mean, you figure out to keep this thing no. alive? With, with, with no, 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 not really. Uh, but uh, some of what you're asking me is proprietary. Uh, gotcha. But no, it's all right. But basically, um, uh, you want to the, take an enzyme or a peptide or any other um, um, biological material, and you want to fool it. You want it to think that it's still mm. in that plant leaf or in that gotcha. bacterium or in that bug or in that algae, you want to make it think it is. And when you put it into the coating and just continue to think that's where it is. Okay. So you try, you try to make it as lifelike as possible. Interesting. Interesting. I love this. I love science too. And, you know, I'm sorry, I get a little bit too excited and, and you know, I'm trying to get, make you give away your secrets. I mean, this yeah. is why you got to folks. I mean, if you, if you're interested, well, you know, buying you, you, you know how product. that, you know how to you know how to identify a geek, right? He oh yeah, he gets excited about stuff. Yeah, I get excited about <laughs> paint and coatings. You look at that, me, I'm that's it, geek. That, Heck yeah, yeah I'm a geek. Make it happen. <laughs> we get excited. Yeah, we do. But let's talk about that. You know, all those things that you're doing, right? You're trying to improve the world. So let's let's get into it. Let's get into it right now because you know you you are an authority of science, at least for me, from what I've been reading, uh, and and it comes to about global warming. And the impact it's having on us. So, uh, just for those that are maybe living in a bubble and don't tell the world, <laughs> you know, what is global warming and how is it impacting us at this very moment? Yeah, well, global warming is a very complex uh, result um, of a lot of different um, things happening at once. Um, but there is exist in nature a carbon cycle. It's how carbon moves through you and I into the soil, back up into the air, CO2. It's a carbon cycle. And before the Industrial Revolution, that carbon cycle did a masterful job of moving just the amount of carbon we needed to, in, to live and to, to uh, breathe and plants needed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, when the Industrial Revolution came to us back in the turn of the century in the first 1900s or so, um, that shifted the balance tremendously because all of a sudden we started spewing lots and lots and lots 
of burnt things, wood, petroleum, coal, you name it, dumping all sorts of CO2 back in the atmosphere. And the earth tried, it has tried, and has done a pretty good job uh, of absorbing all that excess CO2. But when you hear people say we're getting to a tipping point, we're not going to be able to get past this if we don't do something, that's where the earth can no longer buffer the effects of what we're doing. It can no longer no maintain no longer. the balance. That's right. That's right. Jeez. And when you think about, when you hear about people saying the reefs are going away, and that's because the ocean is becoming acidified. Well, what's why the ocean is becoming acidified is CO2 when it's dissolved in water forms carbonic acid. And all that CO2 is just piling into the ocean, making it much more acidic. And those reefs are susceptible to uh, acid. Oh, man. I wish I wish you would do this much earlier in, in our stages of history, so we could have prevented all this stuff. But hey, you well, know, well, you know what? That's a good that's a good thing. That's a good uh, observation. Why didn't we? Yeah. You know why didn't we? Yeah. Why didn't anyone think dumping things into the ocean or burning consistently yeah. things that are maybe not natural and throwing it in the air? How could you yeah. not think or blowing up atomic bombs in the desert? If the Earth goes round. And the atmosphere stays still, and you wonder why cancer increases because that cloud still exists there. Come on, you For know me, why, why? 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 We, I, and I'll tell a uh, tell tell one on myself. In 2018, the United Nations had a panel of illustrious scientists who then did recognize it. I mean, it's not they didn't just jump on them that day, yeah. okay? But they've been recognizing it for some time, and they come put out a report. And when this panel put out this report in 2018, I don't know about you guys. But it got my attention because it basically said what I just said a while ago. We're we're quickly getting to a tipping point that we will not be able to return from. And and honestly, uh, my wife will tell you, I was uh, I'm I'm a father of children and uh, I was practically catatonic. I mean, you know, as a father, you do everything you can to keep your children, your grandchildren safe. You know, get them food. You got to make sure they're safe. Drive seatbelts and do all those kinds of stuff to keep them safe. But here was something that I couldn't do one damn thing about. Doesn't that suck? You can't protect your family because this is beyond all of us because it's going to take a, a village or rather a whole village well, of Earth <laughs> to correct this. Well, no, you're right. It, it is going to take it. We call it a consortium, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. Uh, but since what I know, uh, the only thing I know, my, my tools uh, are, are natural functional paints, I asked myself the question, can I make a paint? that will absorb and sequester carbon dioxide. And uh, Beth and I, that's my wife, Beth, uh, and I said, well, and we had a company, Reactive Surfaces, doing this. Uh, we decided to take uh, a lot of the resources of Reactive Surfaces and apply them to this problem. And by the end of 2018, I have a, an amazing team of scientists in my labs. Um, we had it. We had it. We, we had built the coding. And oh the coding, coding is, is again, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be surprised. If you go hiking out, if you go hiking uh, along the seashore or in a forest or up in the mountains, you constantly see these splashes of color. You'll see an orange or a green or a gray or whatever. Well, those are lichen. They're a particular kind of lichen. Lichen, yeah. And so when you got, you mispronounce it a little bit, but the, the team that we have at the X-Prize is called Team Lichen. Well, there's a reason for that. Because lichen are as paint-like as you can possibly imagine of a living organism. What they are are fungi.
that have in the very middle of them algae that grow in the middle of them. The algae are doing a great job of recycling the carbon in and out. The fungi give it a place to live so it's not impacted by the UV rays, etc. And it spreads all over the place. And so that's what gave us the, the, the motivation and, and really told us how to do it uh, and how to put the, the algae in a coating. I dig it. Going it. back to what you stated about observing nature and then yeah. applying it. Wow. Yeah. Holy smoke, Steve. Amazing. So you're telling me I can't just, we can't as humans plant more trees and go ahead and resolve it? It's not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wish it was, Al. Um, I, I truly do. And I, I, I admire, I don't think of people who are doing other technologies or other businesses as, as competitor in, competitors in this particular endeavor. They're my colleagues. So yes. I, to, to my colleagues, uh, I, I wish them the best of luck. Um, I want them to, uh, if they think it by growing a bunch of trees, that's going to do it. I don't. But if you think that's going to do it, well, then yay for you. By yes. all means, go do it. Okay. Um, if you're like some of the, these big companies that are building these huge uh, facilities that have these big fans and it takes all that, push it down into water and push it down ground a mile deep. If you think that's going to do it, good for you. Go do it. Okay. But I know for a fact that there is some place that it is being done. And we just talked about it. The carbon cycle. The algae, the lichen spread over vast amounts of surface area it's doing a very good job of it so why don't we why why reinvent the wheel let's just do more of that and how so, safe is this algae because it's algae people get scared it's a scientific word no. this is going to harm me so yeah. is, is it harmless to humans well i mean you go into your uh you go into the local health store uh, and you can buy all sorts of algae mm. spirulina uh, all sorts of for, to put in a smoothie and eat it. Okay, so there are algae that are fine that you don't have to worry about. Now there are some. So for instance, you'll hear about uh, an algal bloom that killed a bunch of fish. Okay, uh, and those algae are bad. Okay, so you just have to you got to know what you're going to use, right? So you use the kind of algae and what I'm doing that you literally can put in your smoothie. And drink. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. So it's edible. To, folks, we're not telling you to eat paint either, right? <laughs> well, you know, so, you know something funny, Al? The paint that I decided to build is not made out of the petroleum, like normal paint, okay? Like oh, polyurethane. Really? No, we use a, a natural polymer called alginate. Uh, and it, uh, it, it is derived from algae, as you might suspect. It's called alginate. Uh, and some other polymers that we get from nature. Those uh, oh, alginate, if you had a muffin for breakfast this morning, you probably ate some alginate. Alginate is used to make bread and muffins. They real fluffy and moist. Really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I probably had tons this morning. Then. <laughs> you, prob you probably had <laughs> and I'm some. I'm alive, paint. folks. And you, can't, and you can eat this paint out. <laughs> you know, but you were referring to your colleagues, right, and saying, hey, good on them if they believe. So what do you say when someone says scientists can't even agree that climate change is happening? Well, okay, so I probably can go out into the world of science and find some person uh, that will, will that will come that will have a position, a scientific position that is contrary to absolutely everybody else on the planet. I can probably find that person, and you know what? I I would say to that person will prove it, prove it. You know, let's do this. Let's do the science. Prove what you say. 
you know, that the carbon, that car, there's not an excess of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, and that's not causing the oceans to, so prove it, all right? And what you'll find if you dig just a little deeper is it's exactly like what I said. There's one guy, two guys, three guys, voices in the wilderness, okay, who disagree with everybody, but the vast, vast majority of scientists on this planet say, oh, yeah, it's happening, and it's happening fast. Mm. And I'm one of them. And I'm one of them. I test it every day. I mean, I, but we see it in life where we see these changes and, you know, winter's feeling weird. And, I mean, I was in New York all, all winter. It felt like spring <laughs> the whole winter. <laughs> all right, this is, not, this is not winter. But you're making a common mistake that we all do. There's a difference between climate and climate change and weather. Oh, really? okay. Those, okay. The, those are not the same thing. So nothing. So that's not interrelated. So when they're saying oh, there's been weather changes here, it, it doesn't correlate with the climate change at all. It 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 does. But just if just because I have a snowball in my hand, do you remember the congressman who brought a snowball into the Congress mm. and he held it, and and with that snowball denied climate uh, change, um, is that uh, that anecdotal fact that every once in a while in you know Arizona you're going to have a snowstorm doesn't change the vast the, the vast trajectory on the storm I watch we're looking you have to yeah you have to look at um, uh, let's see you, you know the the movie uh, um, what's the island that has the dinosaurs on it? Uh, uh, Jurassic Park yeah Jurassic Park and Jeff Goldblum's character was brought onto the island because he was a he was a theorist who specialized in chaos. And the the guy who ran the island wanted him to come on board and say basically say there is absolutely no possible way any of these dinosaurs could escape this island. No way whatsoever. Absolutely. And Jeff Goldblum's answer to the guy is, well, I can't say that. And why, he said, why not? He said, do you know how much money we spend on weather satellites each year? And he came up a figure I can't remember, eighteen billion dollars. Mm -hmm. He said, "Do you know how many times we get it wrong?" <laughs> man, man. <laughs> yes, agree. So, okay, okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a statistical a thing. Yeah. Uh, a hundred. All right. So here, I know you were mentioning carbon a lot, carbon a lot, and also just for clarification's sake, what's the difference between carbon capture, carbon storage, and carbon removal? Yeah, well, you know, carbon removal, I would say, I mean, those are all terms that are getting batted around everywhere, but carbon removal is sort of the, 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 the global term. We all want to remove carbon, okay? You may be an industrial plant pushing out a lot of carbon dioxide out to your smokestack, and you want to get rid of, you want to get, you remove the carbon in that smoke. Or you may be a, um, someone who's very concerned with the ocean, and you want to remove that CO2, okay? But removal can be done in a whole lot of different ways. Capture is something that means you have a hold of the carbon you put your hands on for a while. There's a period of time that you control where it is. You control whether it be in a gas or a liquid form uh, or, or put into a solid or some sort. You control it, okay? And what the goal here is now, right? Remember, we we put excess carbon dioxide up there, a lot of carbon up there that shouldn't be up there. We don't want to grab just merely grab hold of that carbon that's that's being caused by us. We want to what we call durably sequester it. We want to take it and put it away somewhere that for it will stay for at least a hundred years, preferably much longer. 
done. So you've got is that the lifespan of carbon a hundred or or like what's the lifespan of carbon itself before it really could dissipate into nothingness, if at all? Uh carbon the element is basically infinite. I mean, oh, it's immortal. It's a comic book talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the extent that your carbon in your body is immortal, you're immortal, dude. dude. Okay. So, hey. yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. So, carbon itself, of course, is a molecule that it does break down. In fact, that's how we t uh, uh, test uh, for uh, uh, artifacts to see how old something is. Okay. Carbon-14 dating, you've heard about that. We look at radioactive forms of carbon and are able to tr to see and measure how long that carbon has been in that teapot or that bone or that tooth. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. Wow. That's, you hear this, folks? Science is insane, son. Love it, love it. All right, so what can the average person or even a small business, for example, do right now to minimize that footprint that's affecting us? <clears throat> I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm going to give you some bad news. Uh -oh. All right. Uh, please do continue to recycle. Please do buy electric cars. Please do try to use as little uh, petroleum products as you can. All those kinds of things that you're doing, taking your plastics out, recycling, all those things you, that you're doing are, are fantastic for other reasons. But they will have very, very little to do with pulling CO2 out of the air. Very, very little. We're stuck, whether we like it or not, of coming up with systems that literally and actively directly take CO2 out of the air. Now, if you want me to give you a true, what I think, Everyone should do. Remember, we don't want to just survive. We want to thrive. Yeah. So if every one of your listeners, if every single one of us gets the vision in our heads collectively that here's what thriving means, you know, all the birds, all the bugs, all the, everything that we would we need as a human being in our biosphere not only survives but thrives yes. if you can get that vision if you could help me just take that vision and spread it out okay just spread it everywhere and make sure and by that vision i mean think about it every dadgum day when you wake up in the morning put it right in the window shield of your car and think about it and when you and what happens it's nothing magical what happens is you 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 rub elbows with a lot of people they get infected with the, the vision and others and others some of them are congressmen some of them are movers and shakers and they get the vision okay if enough of us have that vision it's my belief that we will will be will, that we will get to the point where we can thrive i will tell you one more i can tell you one more thing i won't stop until they bury me on this okay i'm not gonna stop and i'm an old guy <laughs> so well, uh, you know, real gonna... old brother, you got the energy, you got that spirit and passion. So I see you're gonna be fighting for us for a very long time. I, 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 I intend to, but what I was gonna say, I was this, is that me and my colleagues, defined like I said a while ago, are making headway. Don't think we're not. It's easy to listen to the news and get dire and grim news about it all, and it, 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 there is that news, okay? But there's also a bunch of people working on this, a lot of people. I have experts that work for me that are the best algae experts in the world. Mm. They, be they believe it, okay? Wonderful. We just, 
We just published an article in the Journal of Carbon Dioxide Utilization. It's an exhaustive article. I'm not saying you should read it, okay? <laughs> but, but if you wanted to read it and understand absolutely everything we're doing, I think you'd be quite impressed. I think you'd be impressed with the people, the quality of the people uh, that are coming onto our program. So if your listeners can do that one for me, that's solid, and that just keep that vision every single day, it will help more than you know. So I got to ask, Steve, since you're, you're building a team of the best to make sure that we thrive, what if someone out there is feeling passionate, you know, and is a believer in this as well and is out there fighting the fight? You know, are you guys looking to add members to the team? And if so, how can they even communicate and reach out, you know, to share with you? Um, uh, you know, we, we just started this effort in 2018. OK, and so I know we've been going at it for a few years. Uh, but to do these kinds of things, these these massive scales of engineering takes a while, okay? And you have to use techniques and uh, equipment and people's brains that really know about it. Now, what can the average guy or lady do? Um, here pretty soon, my company will be uh, will be working with people who will offer a personal offset device. This built with the same thing. We build these these things in modules, just like bricks when you're, I mean, like, just like um, toy toy uh, blocks that you played with when you were a kid. Yeah. Well, uh, you can see what we're using. If you go to any dock around the world, you'll see these plastic boxes and steel cages stacked up everywhere, all over the place. They're white. Okay. They have something in them, and they're called intermediate bulk cargo containers. They're a meter cubed. They hold yeah. thousands. They held a thousand liters, okay, something like 256 gallons. Uh, we we're we're recycling and putting our modules, putting everything I'm telling you about the paint and the algae, etc., inside those modules, and we're just stacking them up and 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 begin getting the CO2 like that. All right, but wow. but you and I and every person on this earth, on average, okay, that's average. Actually, you and I as U.S. citizens. Uh, uh, are, are responsible for like 16 tons per year of uh, 16 tons. Are we the most? In the world? Oh yeah, yeah, that we us in China and a couple other places. But at any rate, um, is that it? That 16 actually, if you divide it out across all uh, all the people on the planet, because there's a lot of people that don't put any CO2 into the atmosphere, uh, it's on average about four tons each year each one of us is responsible for when we finish building these units they will pull down four tons each oh, year oh wow wow and you, can, and you can put them in your backyard no way that well that's what i'm i'm aiming at well let, let's make it happen because i want to get a house tune and so I, i'll put one of these units in, in my backyard to help out heck yeah well, yeah the world it, it won't be that expensive and they'll probably be given away and your only job will be to keep maintain them, you know, like oh, you're maintaining a, your a poinsettia in your garden. Let's make uh, it happen, brother. I love this. I love this. You're out there on a real mission. You, you're the real Captain Planet. I'm about to buy you a suit and paint you blue. <laughs> 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 I'm digging it, Steve, man. I'm digging it. I love that. Folks, you know, even b before we got on, you know, uh, you know, I do a comic uh, based a podcast and he's telling me he's geeking this on that side, too. Steve is a real deal dude right here, a, 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 a great dude, you know, a geek of all kinds, but actually on a mission to be a real superhero to the earth and, 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 and help you know, as best as he can. So we appreciate you, Steve, for taking this mission. 
I mean, really. I, I'm not a superhero, but I, I promise you, I'm, I, I can be as tenacious as a bulldog. Okay. <laughs> the Batman of the environment. That's what it is. All right. Let's get it done. That, you are a hero, bro. Come on, man. Don't man. be so humble, man. You're doing great things. No. And what you're doing to the world is great. You know what I mean? You're helping. You, you, you're doing more than most people w w do nowadays. So I just want to say thank you. Just as a yep, human sure. living on earth. Thank well, you. Well, thank, thank my team. You bet. That's and great. the team. Absolutely. So will you be speaking anywhere? Because I know you are highly sought after speaking and people want to be hearing what you're sharing. Are you going to be speaking anywhere where, where someone could, could see you and, and see you in person? Do you have any books out? You know what I mean? You know, and, and what's up with the website? What are we getting at, at reactorsurfaces.com? Right. So uh, uh, where you can see me speaking, if you wish, uh, in May, I don't know the exact date, but I will be back at the National Press Club uh, giving a speech uh, there to um, a number of different countries uh, about how you actually build these things. Um, so you could come and listen to that. I promise not to uh, geek out too much. Um, <laughs> I, I promise. I don't know if I'll make that pro can make that promise, but I'll try. Um, and um, you know what Einstein said, right? He said, look, you have a technology. Yeah, well, good for you. Uh, if you can't explain that top technology fairly well, to a to a, a average and averagely intelligent eighth grader, then you don't understand it yourself. Oh, so Ooh. I keep I keep my talks at the eighth grade level, okay? <laughs> because there are things I don't understand, and um, yeah, but you you, know, you just keep it at the eighth grade level. That's a solid yep. truth, though. It's true. Now all of us are going to be able to grasp these high end things, and uh, thank you, though. I appreciate that. And for being honest, <laughs> that's what we need in the world, more honest people, folks. And I've been sharing the website, reactiveservices.com slash technology. You know, please take a look at the website, you know, find out what's going on, read into this, you know, a lot of exciting stuff going on here. Um, do you or do you do any social media or is it just strictly the website? Well, we've been doing a lot of these podcasts, and thank you for having us. My wife also does them. Um, and uh, we. Oh, I wanted to ask you, wait, your lady. Is she also a scientist and how you guys met? What 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 what's the story of that romance and how you, your brains got connected to, to help save the world together? <laughs> well, you know, you I you probably are too young to know the singer Jackson Brown. But Jackson Brown wrote a song called Lawyers in Love. Uh, and it's pretty funny actually when you listen to the song. Well, both both Beth and I are lawyers and that's how we met. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Were you she an needed, opposite ends arguing, prosecution and defense, or uh, no, same I, team? I, I, no, no, <laughs> our, our, our arguments are about as boring as you can possibly imagine because it has to be a lot <laughs> logical and it has to be stated in a certain way and all this kinds of stuff. We don't argue very much at all. But uh, she needed a, uh, a litigator, uh, someone who knew how to litigate trade secret misappropriation cases. Well, that's my specialty. So she hired me, and that's how hey. we met. Awesome. Check that out. So shout out to, to, to your wifey too, you know, helping you on this mission and, and, and bringing the stuff. So that's oh, all I want to know because you mentioned her several times. So obviously she's a very important person in your life. You mentioned her this Very time, important. Bro. Yes. Awesome. So salute to Miss McDaniel out there. You'll rock out. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but thank you again, folks. Please, you know, check out the website, support, you know, folks like Steve and his team that are definitely are trying to, to have us thrive and survive in this wonderful planet of ours. You know what I mean? And hopefully we could add one of these cubes into our own backyards sometime soon and, and, and be part of this journey to help heal the earth.
So with that, thank you, Steve, so much you again for your time. I appreciate you. Everybody, thank you for tuning in and listening. Please make sure to follow the channel, subscribe, turn on notifications. And as I said, if you love geek stuff too, check me out over at commoncrusaders.com and also undercovercapes.com where we cover all things pop culture. Hasta la próxima, mi gente. You know what it is. Keep doing what you do. Wepa! And that's a wrap for today's episode of the Al Mega Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening to the insights and stories from our guests. Remember, success is a journey, not a destination. And every step you take, no matter how small, brings you closer to your goals. Don't give up on your dreams and keep pushing forward. Until next time, thank you for tuning in and stay motivated.